changing? The truth is, God is setting you up to show out in your life. Wow. When he brings you out, no one will be able to deny that his favor is on you. God said in Isaiah, when you go through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. It's interesting that God didn't say, I'll keep you out of every fire. You won't have to face any floods. No, he said the challenges will come. There will be adversities and things we don't understand. But the whole key to this verse is when he said, I will be with you in the fire, in the flood, in the famine. Are you trying to get out of something that God is going to take you through? Are you fighting the process? It's not fair. God, I can't take it anymore. Everything will change if you'll start inviting God into the fire. He's already promised he'll be with you. Maybe he's just waiting for your invitation. The right attitude is, God, I know you're going to bring me out. But in the meantime, I'm asking you to come in to this challenge in my health. Come in to this loss I'm going through. Come into this depression that's trying to stop me. When you invite God into your difficulty, you'll feel him breathing in your direction, empowering you, enabling you, favoring you. Is it a greater testimony that God kept you out of the fire or that he came with you in the fire and brought you through it? David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. When you know God is with you, when you've invited him into your situation, you'll have a smile in the middle of the difficulty. You'll have a song of praise in the prison, like Paul and Silas. You won't be complaining about the trouble, worried about when it's going to work out. You'll be at peace in the midst of the storm. And the reason David didn't live afraid, even though he went through valleys and all kinds of adversities, if he understood this principle to invite God into the trouble, he wasn't just waiting to get out. He knew that God was right there with him. If you're only praying, God, get me out, you'll be discouraged until it changes. Joe, I can't enjoy my life. I have this child that's off course. I'm dealing with an illness. My finances are low. When it turns around, they don't have a good attitude. You're waiting for God to bring you out while God is waiting for you to invite him in. You have to do like David. Father, thank you that you are with me right here in this valley. I'm not going to live afraid, worried. I may not see a way, but I know you have a way. Instead of just trying to get out of the valley, out of the trouble, out of the fire, if you'll start saying, God, come in. Let me feel your presence in the fire. Show me your greatness in this trouble then you'll have a peace that passes understanding, a joy when you could be discouraged, a hope when you should be distraught. In the scripture, three Hebrew teenagers wouldn't bow down to the king's golden idol. The king was so furious, he threatened to have them thrown into a fiery furnace. The teenagers said, King, we're not worried. We know our God will deliver us. This made the king even more angry. He had the guards turn up the furnace seven times hotter than normal. Why did God have the king make the fire even hotter? He wanted it to be a bigger miracle. He wanted the odds to be more against them. The fact is, God could have kept them out of the fire. He's God. He parted red seas. He opened blind eyes. Would have been no problem for God to change the king's mind 
or to help these teenagers escape. But God doesn't deliver us from every fire. Sometimes he'll take you through the fire. The good news is God knows how to make you fireproof. People don't determine your destiny. Bad grace cannot stop God's plan for your life. Sickness, addictions, unfair situations don't have the final say. Now don't be discouraged because God didn't keep you out of the fire. God doesn't stop every negative situation. He uses adversities to move us into our purpose. We would never know his power if we were never thrown into a fire, so to speak. You wouldn't know he was a healer if you never had an illness. We wouldn't know he could move mountains if we never faced big obstacles. Now quit complaining about what you're up against. It's not a surprise to God. The enemy may have turned up the fire seven times hotter than normal. They didn't do that without God's permission. God is in control, not just of your life. He's in control of your enemies. Instead of complaining about the fire, start inviting him into the fire. When he's with you, you cannot be defeated. You and God are a maturity. He is a supernatural God. He's not limited by the fire, by the floods, by the famines. What should take you out cannot stop your destiny. Instead of complaining about everything that you don't like, if you'll recognize that God allowed the difficulty, I'm not saying that he sent it, but he allowed it because he had a purpose. The purpose is not so you can live miserable, worried, and afraid. His purpose is to show his glory through you. It's so other people can see his power and favor on your life. Without great tests, we won't have a great testimony. Without big battles, we won't see big victories. These teenagers said, we know our God will deliver us. They made this statement of faith. Then they said something even more powerful. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. That's the kind of people that give the enemy a nervous breakdown. When you can say, God, this is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm hoping will happen. But God, even if it doesn't work out my way, I'm still going to give you praise. I'm still going to be good to others. I'm still going to show up Sunday and usher. I'm still going to pursue my dreams. That attitude gets God's attention. You're saying, God, not my will, but let your will be done. But too often, we're putting conditions on God, conditions on our prayer. God, I'll be happy if my boss moves to the backside of Mars. When you get him out of my life, then I'll have a good attitude. Have you ever thought God may be using that person to do a work in you, to grow you up, to develop your character, to teach you to love those that are not very lovable? Instead of praying, God, get me out of this situation, I'm asking you to start praying, God, come into this situation. Help me to have a good attitude. Help me to do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening. It's very powerful when you can say, God, if my boss never moves, if he's here until I go to heaven, I know you have given me the strength to overcome, the power to be happy in the middle of this difficulty, and I'm not going to let this person this sickness, this injustice, steal my joy. Now you're growing. Now you're coming up higher. But sometimes God is waiting for us to pass the test before he brings us out. The king had the guards tie up the teenagers' hands and feet with cords. They threw them into the furnace. It was so hot that the guards were instantly killed. 
it looked like this was the end for the teenagers, but people don't have the final say. If it's not your time to go, you're not going to go. Nothing can snatch you out of God's hands. In a little while, the king came to check on them. He looked through the furnace window and was puzzled. He said, didn't we throw three men in bound? I see four men loose, and one looks like the son of God. God may not keep you out of every fire, but don't worry. He'll come into the fire with you. He'll help you overcome what looks impossible. That illness should be the end. The medical report said you were done, but like with my mother, God came in the fire with you, and here you are still going strong. That loved one you lost, or that person that walked away broke your heart. That should have soured your life, but look at you now, still moving forward, doing great things, fulfilling your purpose. How could that be? God came in the fire with you. The psalmist said, God is a very present help in times of trouble. We know that God is always with us, but when you're in difficulties and you invite Him in, you're going to feel His presence in a greater way. You're going to be more aware that you're not alone. When you get thrown into the fire, so to speak, you won't be bitter. You'll stay in faith, knowing that the fourth man is right there with you. The God who controls the fire, the God who heals, who restores, who pays you back for the injustice is right there, watching over you, protecting you, ordering your steps. Moses went through a difficult situation. He didn't know how it was going to work out. I'm sure he was tempted to worry, think about how big his enemies were. But God said to him in Exodus 33, Moses, I will go with you. I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Maybe you're facing some challenges. Life hasn't turned out the way you thought. You asked God to keep you out of the fire, but it didn't happen your way. Now you're wondering how you're going to beat the illness, how your family's going to be restored. God is saying to you when he said to Moses, I'm going with you. You're not in that fire by yourself. I have you in the palm of my hand. I'm fighting your battles. That obstacle may be too much for you, but it is not too much for our God. Right now, he is pushing back forces of darkness. He's keeping the fire from burning you. He's not letting those waters drown you. He's your protector, your deliverer, your waymaker, your healer, your provider. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to figure everything out. You're not going to know all the details. You have to walk by faith and not by sight, knowing that he's right there with you, that he's promised everything is going to be all right for you. When the king had the teenagers' hands and feet tied up, they could have panicked, been stressed out, but they understood this principle, that God doesn't keep us out of every fire, but he comes into the fire with us. They didn't fall apart. They stayed in peace. But I can imagine how different this outcome could have been if they would have complained, been bitter, discouraged. Maybe we wouldn't be talking about them. Maybe the fourth man would have never shown up. How we approach our difficulties makes all the difference. Whether we're going to come through them, not burn, without the smell of smoke, like the teenagers, or whether we're going to get stuck in them and miss God's best. You may be in the fire now, but this is not the time to complain. It's not the time to just pray, God, get me out. More than ever, you need to start saying, Father, thank you that you are in this fire with me. Thank you that no weapon formed against me 
is going to prosper. God, I am not going to worry. I trust you. I believe what you promised, that everything will be fine for me. Here's how amazing God is. The king said, didn't we throw three men in bound? I see four men loosed. When the teenagers came out, the only thing the fire burned were the cords that were holding them back. Their hair was fine, skin was fine, clothes were fine, just the cords. When you come out of that difficulty, the only things that are going to be gone are the limitations that are holding them back. Yes!
When you dig your heels in and do the right thing, you will feel a supernatural strength, a power to do what you could not do on your own. This is what happened with Joseph in the scripture. As a teenager, he was betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery. He worked for a high-ranking military official in Egypt named Potiphar. Joseph, in one sense, had every right to be bitter, angry. His dreams were shattered. He was in a foreign country. He didn't know anyone. But you never read where Joseph complained. He just kept being his best where he was. He was so exceptional that Potiphar put him in charge of his whole house. Genesis 39 says, The Lord was with Joseph. He was successful in everything that he did. Joseph did what I'm asking us to do. He didn't just pray, God, get me out of this trouble, and I'll have a good attitude. He said, God, come into this trouble. Help me to shine. Help me to stand out. The next verse says, Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph. Can people see that God is with you in the fire? Are you being your best, even though it's unfair? Are you shining when you could be complaining? Later, Joseph was falsely accused and put in prison for something that he didn't do. Verse 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph there too. In the prison, in the betrayal, in the injustice. It's significant that the scripture tells us three times, just a few verses from each other, that the Lord was with Joseph. We got it the first time. But God wanted us to see this principle, that when you invite him into the fire, you're going to have a favor that pushes you up when life tries to push you down. A strength to excel when you could be slacking off. A power to overcome what should stop you. After 13 years of being in the fire, God brought Joseph out, made him second in command of Egypt. You may be in a situation now that you don't think is ever going to change, but what God started in your life, he's going to finish. Now, it may not happen on your timetable. Instead of just praying, God, get me out, being frustrated because it's taken longer than you thought, why don't you start inviting God in? Father, thank you that you are with me in this battle with cancer. You are with me in this struggle with the addiction. You are with me in this divorce, in this breakup. When you invite God in, you will feel his presence in a new way. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said to the disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. They all got in the boat. But as they were sailing, a huge storm arose. The waves were crashing over the boat. The wind so strong. The disciples started to panic, thinking they were about to die. Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. They ran as fast as they could. Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we're about to die? Jesus stood up and spoke to the storm. Suddenly, everything calmed down. Now, these disciples had seen Jesus perform great miracles, heal the lepers, raise a little boy from the dead. When Jesus said, we're going to the other side, you would think they would be confident. Nothing for us to worry about. The Son of God is in our boat. He just said, we're going across. But even though Jesus was with them, they still panicked. They didn't realize the winds and waves couldn't stop the God who created the winds and waves. The creation couldn't stop the creator. They had no reason to be afraid. The Son of God was in the storm with them. I wonder if you're doing like them. 
worrying about something even though God is on your boat. He's already promised you that he would restore health back in the heathen, that you would lend and not borrow, that as for you and your house, you would serve the Lord. Now the circumstances may look the opposite. The medical report's not good. Your loved one's off course. It's easy to live worried, upset, but can I encourage you? The most high God is on your boat. Those winds cannot stop you. The sickness, the injustice, the people, they cannot keep you from your destiny. You might as well relax. Everything is going to be fine for you. Sure, the waves may be big, but you have an advantage. The God who controls the universe is right there with you. Now do your part. Start thanking him that he's fighting your battles. Start shining where you are. Be in your best in spite of the difficulties. Don't wait till it changes. You have to invite him in before he brings you out. If you'll do this, I believe and declare, like these teenagers, that fire is not going to burn you. You're about to see the fourth man show up. Unusual things are about to happen. Unusual favor. Unusual healings. Unusual breakthroughs. Unusual promotion. The fullness of your destiny in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, can you say amen today? to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you pray that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God in first place. Victoria, I'll be right back to speak a blessing over you. I'd to thank you for your support of our ministry this month. Okay, you guys, it's Dr. D with the Boom Factor breaking news. 
uh, coronavirus is, uh, there's always something going on in the world. First of all, you should be used to that. Every day is always something. It's an interruption of life, period. If it's not a disaster, it's a storm, a flood, earthquakes and fires and wars. Um, you guys, the Bible is coming to pass. It's no more such as rumors. This is really happening, okay? Um, the Word of God tells us that... Um, it tells us... And let me get the Word. I want to do this live, but since it's so present, precedent in my spirit, and I want to relay the message now... Because I have some work to do. I have clients that I still have to do some work for. Uh, got some books that need to be finished. And and get ready to go to print. And um, we're going to still do what we have to do. But we're also going to be careful. I, I could say I'm a foot soldier. I'm, I'm the boots on the ground. So I'm out and about in the public. And so I'm going to share with you guys... Um, not so much like I'm hearing people on all sides, all right? You know, you're supposed to have the power of God. You're supposed to have faith. Nothing not supposed to stop you. If you want to travel, you travel. Okay, so if they put a ban on traveling, how you going to travel? But you got a Superman super or something? You, you, you can fly like the angels? Come on, people, to stop. Stop trying to be so super Christian to say that, you know, God is with you. Yeah, God is with all of us. But in the midst of all of it, in the midst of all of it, we're going we gonna to endure the same thing that the world is enduring. Right? Okay? So let's, let's not, let's, let's, let's not be in this place of so super spiritual that once again you know earlier good. We we all know this. Now this this when the the, the scholars, those that's supposed to be so prophetically, like I had left a, a message on the, the the last episode. I need to repulse that and just separate it. But, you know, I interject in the middle of it because this is part of history. And uh, we, we're going we're gonna to encounter. I mean, I, I feel that I have been through the worst of the worst. And they have others that have been through the worst of the worst of the worst than what I've encountered. Everybody have their own cross that they have to bear in this life. You know, um, my daughter just called uh, called me, and okay, I appreciate that, but I didn't have that phone with me. All right, um, I'm at a time where I was just was sharing with her certain things I'm starting to get mixed up with. I'm gonna need y'all help, but at the end of the day, if Mama called, why we got to have all this dialogue? Why not say, okay, Mama, what you need? You, you need me to come and get you? Do you need me to come, da-da-da? I, I, I shouldn't have to be going through a whole list of um, checkpoints 
to get a response from any one of my children. I'm publicly saying that. And if any of my children are listening to the broadcast, I mean that. And I feel I've earned that. And it should be no question to ask, period. Well, Ma, I can't do it right now, but we can get it done. That's all I should be able to hear. I don't need nothing else to be told to me. I don't need nothing told to me. Ain't no such thing as no miscommunication. Point blank. People do things when they feel that it's accommodated to them. When people need done, when they when people come to me, put it like that, they expect me to drop everything and just do it. No, I'm not accessible like that anymore. Okay? But I do have my priority list. And right now, I see in my life, God is my top priority. The Word of God is my top priority. And Danielle is her top priority to stay mentally stable in the midst of a chaotic world in a chaotic situation. Okay? And I was trying to explain something to her earlier. And she was like, Ma, you know, you got you, you to gotta pay your rent. What the hell are you talking about? Everybody know they got to pay their rent. The point is, if you go to somebody and let them know ahead of time. See, I'm not like some of these other people want to run and hide. If I come to an individual and say, look, I'm running late on something, da-da-da-da-da, it's going to be this day. I expect that to be honored. I don't expect that to say, oh, okay, so uh, this is going to happen. So let me just be proactive and go ahead and do what I do. Let me just start this process just in case. No, it's not no just in case. And I trust people's word. But I'm also learning, too, this is my little rant, that people's word don't mean a hill of beans no more. And I see the Father is really showing me trust no man. Like the Valenta Bean uh, lady who made 100 years old that do all the hats for the top. I mean, she have done hats for everybody. <laughs> she made 100 years old, and they, they was she was on the... Um, Face the Nation this is it Face the Nation a program with, with Chris whatever the news anchor his program and um, she was like love many trust few and that's something I have to get through y'all I, I have to confess that because I love many and I trust many but the, those that I trust hurts and I'm learning how to keep it separate, and from what somebody told me, well, it is just business. Right, it is business, but some people take their business and use a personal aspect connected to the business to hurt you. And if I come to an individual and say, look, all right, many people have done me that. I'll reach out and say, look, this do, this do, and I got to hear a whole scenario of why they can't do but now that they can do, they expect me to snap, crack, and pop. That that dog ain't gonna hunt, okay? And in different situations, if you def- definitely not structured properly, hey, it's gonna take more time. Then you got other stuff happening. Come on, y'all. Now, now the Bible says there'll be rumor of war. This is what Jesus said, okay? This is what Jesus said out of Matthew. 
I believe it's in Matthew. I'm trying to find it. Google it. Cause you have Google, Google, Google know the Bible. And Jesus was saying, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alone. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. It must happen. Okay. But what it is, what do you mean by what is still to come? All right. You, the American Standard Bible says, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. All right. So... We already heard of wars and stuff, but we literally seen wars, okay, back in 2008. But really, way back in Desert Storm, my brother was part of that um, combat deployment, okay, um, participating in the war. So we seen the wars, we seen the earthquakes, we seen the tornadoes like I was speaking earlier. We have seen all of this happening right before our eyes, all right? Now it's to the point where this thing have touched the whole world, right? The end of times, the kingdom age. We're supposed to be in the kingdom age. I believe this is our time to be in the kingdom age. Why? To show people in the midst of all of this here, God is still God. Now, I posted on my Facebook. I also have a Facebook feed that I'm striving to stay up on the different countries in the states that this uh, pandemic have hit. And I was just sharing with my daughter because she was saying, well, what you mean the fear? People already have fear. I said, yeah, that's the ones that really don't have their heart locked up with God. But what the news are not showing, they're not really showing a person really going through this process and they had this individual who's a man of God in church, singing in the choir, got contracted with the coronavirus, went to the hospital, did their little minor test because the true COVID-19, see, they're not saying this, all right? See, that's why I'm watching and I'm keeping up. They're saying preparing the, corona, the, the coronavirus test. But literally, what they're really developing is striving to get the test to acknowledge the COVID-19. That's the new strand, okay? The new strand is what's really taking people down, meaning you dying for them from this. And, like, my daughter asked me, what's the difference, my coronavirus, COVID-19? I said, well, let's put it like this here, the HIV and AIDS. You, you can live with HIV, right? Take pills or whatever. But if you get full-blown full AIDS, you're going to die. Because now that have attached to your immune system and is literally eating you up alive on the inside out. Hello? So this 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 man of God who's singing the choir that go to the church that have contracted this virus was sent home. Right? And they had a COVID-19 test. 
he called back to say he's getting worse. They showed a before picture and the after picture where now he done broke out. He got all this stuff on his teeth turning red. He barely can breathe. He really is showing us what he's going through. He's still believing in the word. He's quoting his scriptures. Um, ABC News let him share his little testimony, even though they were trying to cut him off because he was mentioning Jesus. All right. But he was saying how, um, how it's affecting him. Right. Now, with that said, you guys, they don't want to show the public literally the step-by-step effects of the COVID-19. They're showing you people with the coronavirus, right? You see in the beginning stage, right? They're not showing the end, the middle stage. You know, just like with cancer, you got the stage one, stage, I mean, tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. If you hit tier three and tier four, you in that, you in that end of day stage. Like I was, I was tier three until I went and started taking all the MRIs and had to take the diet test. And when they opened me up, oh my gosh, I was tier four. That means it got into your lip nose, the cancer just went all through your body. And that's why you got to do the chemo to go through all your body to eat to eat up the cells, but your bad cells and your good cells. So all your cells going to get 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 shut down. Then if it's real aggressive, then they have to take a more aggressive approach. Like with me, I got the chemo and the radiation because it was colon area, the radiation uh was given to me in my lower part from my abdomen to, you know, my colon area. Around the anal part, right? It was more aggressive. So I was taking chemo to go through my body to eat up the cells through my lip nose. And then where it really affected me the most, okay, where it stemmed from, I got the radiation. And that tore me up. It, it really like, whoa. Okay, so they don't want to show the public that because that will really have it like, wow. So with all of that said, I I understand why it's imperative to shut down the public places. So people don't get upset and mad. Well, I don't know why they're shutting that down, shutting this down. Why we got to be in lockdown? No. Like she was saying, um, God, since, since you don't want to do this on your own, try to help you out. I want my families back together. I've been preaching that since last year. God wants his family back together, the immediate family, the church family. We need to get back together. You need to get back on one call. And like she was saying, yeah, she said, now nah, it's going to force you to be with your wife and stay away from your girlfriend. <laughs> we can joke about stuff like this, but this is serious. This is really exposing, all right? This is really exposing not only who you are on the inside of your character, but where you really stand with your faith with God, all right? The Israelites went through the plagues. I said that two days ago. We're not going to walk away from this. 
You're going to have to encounter everything where everybody else encounter, but how is your faith in it? Okay? I have peace about it, and yeah, I do laugh about what I see because I'm like, God was pre-warning us already. We, we won't be ready. You can tell the politics. They're not ready for this. They're scrambling around. You can look at their body language. You can look at their language. You can look at their dialogue. You know, our president, he trying so hard to stay up on stuff, but this thing is moving so fast. You just, you know, you just need to close your mouth because you really don't know what you're talking about. And like the lady said, the report showed that he was negative from a virus, but it didn't say COVID virus. It didn't say COVID-19. So like, like the other, um, the other young man from Italy, uh, was he from Italy or China? Wuhan. They have two of them that have recovered, but he did a daily diary on what he experienced and how he felt and how it, 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 it just like, literally was going to, he felt like it was taking him out. But he overcame it and he did a live diary on it. And that's the things that should be demonstrated so people can really know because, first of all, they don't even have the test ready. Yeah, they're the CEOs, then they came together. But now you got to make sure, you guys, come on, we got to think about everything that's in place. You got to make sure that they got qualified people putting these tests together because they could contaminate the test. You just don't want to know any. Well, Connecticut, right now, they're waiting on just the, the, the kits to test the folks just to see if they have it. I came home last night. Okay, my dog wanted to find out was I home. Cause they were going, okay, I'm already home. I'm like, don't, I just feel like this here. I'm to the point where like I just share with her, I'm to the point, I'm taking care of myself. I'm not trying to put a burden on people for nobody. Everybody have their own schedule. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, all is well. That's just where I'm at right now because I don't need no miscrewed communication. Like, I'm the, well, the way you text, Ma, you be confusing people. Okay, first of all, I don't like testing. Yeah, I do, it's confusing. I need help. T Mobile have an update. I'm still learning how to use this iPhone, which I didn't want to use. It's connecting me, it's erasing my contacts. Just certain stuff right now, mentally, um, stuff is going so fast. I'm trying to stay focused on what is at hand right now for me to do. And really, this technology, really, I don't even want to use this stuff. Which I know I have to, because this is the only way of communication at this present moment in this century, in this decade. We need to use our electronics. And I'm, I'm, I'm striving to learn how to use all this new stuff the apps and everything, okay? So don't don't blame it. Don't blame it to my heart. I'm trying my best to keep up with all of this, all right? Secondly, as a parent, I, I keep up with my mom. I'm not every day on the phone with her, but through all of this here, I do communicate, all right? The best that I know how, the best that's received from me, okay? I, I, I don't have control of what other people feel, how they act no more. I just had a thing with... The manager here at, at my apartment. 
You know, she want to throw on the phone in my face. Well, this business is not personal. Okay, yeah, that's true, but you have taken your power with the business, and you are using it personally because if I come in and, and tell you a situation, okay, and you immediately did something after I've told you, shared with you, mailed it off, and I went to my post office box, and they returned it. Why you returning my? Why you returning my mail with my payment inside of it? Okay, so remember, this is not business. It's not personal. It's business. So I'm just gonna go to the next level, like I always do. I write a letter, and I'm gonna contact your boss. Don't email me now and apologize for the miscommunication. No, it never was a miscommunication because I have an email and I know I'm doing a rant in the midst of me doing this. But I'm just letting you guys know that I am on point on things. And I'm not going to let anybody feel like they're going to take something and use it as a weapon against me when I'm doing proactive stuff. Okay? So my email is dated. On the second, you trying to throw at me something on the third when your system won't even let me do a payment on the first. They don't let you do it on the second or third. So don't tell me that on the third, a person rent is late when y'all still accepting payments for rent. When the holiday, you're not even in the office on the holiday to receive payment from anybody. And if I come and tell you I will not be here, I'll be in the city or out of town, I'm going to send you ABCDFG, and my payment should get to you by this date. But you're going to, in the middle of that, you're going to go and proceed to try to start an eviction on me after I came and told you ahead of time. That's unacceptable to me, you guys. And y'all don't settle for, for that. They have laws to protect um, homeowners, they have laws to protect tenants with these landlords. They have laws to protect you. I'm going to leave that like that. They have laws to protect you. And I feel like the way I am in my life, and I know everybody's not like me. I know it. I'm a rare breed. And I believe this is what the father going to use. If somebody honestly come and tell me, I did, okay, let's put like you said, <clears throat> I did somebody bookkeeping. I said, I need my payment. Okay, before you even do the bookkeeping, I won't have my payment till this date. I said, okay, well, good. I'll wait till that date, send the payment. I'm going to go ahead and start on somebody else. First come, first serve. Whoever pay me, that's who work I'm going to start on, even though they still have to wait till I finish this job. I already sent out emails to my 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 um, clients that I have not heard from that I know that you that I hear from and said, look, I have six people that's in line. Payment first. Whoever pay me, that's who I'm gonna work with. But I'm just letting you know I have these people in line. That's just how it is. Oh yeah, cause I need this and need them. That's fine. But as soon as I receive your payment, I'm going to start on it in the order that it comes in. And right now, I am working on somebody. Okay? So that's the best I could do with that type of communication.
Now, even with my own projects, I, uh, I have people that owe, they pay, but then they still wanted the ABC done. Okay, so that got done. Now, I have to go and talk to my team, right, and say, okay, this person chose to do da-da-da. What kind of agreement can you work with me? Because, see, I still got to pay them. I paid them once. Really, you paying me back from paying them. But I still got to pay them. Because I want to maintain my team. So I got to keep my word with them. I say, okay, so I've got some projects coming up. How much will you pay me since it's out of our normalcy of our agreement on working with this company, with the published company, right? What, what, kind, what can you do for me to get this project out? You see? So I'm saying that in correlation with what's happening with this coronavirus. They're putting the numbers out there. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We, we, we already set up a bill to release food assistance, da-da-da, da-da-da. We're going to get this passed. See, they got to go through their litigation before they even been released, right? And they have oppositions already with that, which it shouldn't be, but it is, even with the testing. Now, we're going to have all these tests ready, but you got to make sure you have qualified people to put those tests together that they won't contaminate the test. So you got to find the top qualifying people to even put the test together just to see if you have coronavirus, not the COVID-19. Pay attention, you guys. Don't get all caught up in the hype. Pay attention. Don't panic, but pay attention. Now, while they get those tests together, they still have to make sure that the COVID-19 test is ready so when they see positive coronavirus, now they got to go to the next stage. When I came in the city, right, on the bus, I'm seeing extra EMTs at the local hospitals, all right? I'm seeing at, even at the private emergency rooms, I'm seeing extra EMTs all around the parking parking lot. Right where the office is off of Harwin, I'm seeing emergency trucks in the parking lot right there. So the city of Houston itself is preparing, it's like pre-preparing for what's about to happen for emergencies, okay, you guys? But yet, it's still not to the point where they can literally go in and quarantine these people. So, don't be so quick to judge, even with Joel Osteen, they had somebody saying, how dare you want to preach the word of God and shut down your congregation? That's not a man of faith, and I wouldn't even go into your church. Well, before we even say that, you guys, he is telling the truth, Joel Osteen, like you say, I have a lot of international people coming. I'm telling they have people all over the world. When I went to Joe Osteen, when my daughter got baptized, and I guess I go on another feed with this, when my daughter got baptized, they had people all over the world. 
He baptized over 8,000 people. People came from all over the world to get baptized. So I believe he did made a, 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 a right decision to shut the service down right now. Just right now, okay? And you can watch as a family together. Maybe this is the time that God really instructed us to do. We get so caught up to be in these buildings, you're smothering yourself. Let's get out the buildings. Get out the four walls. Right? Spend more time with your family. That's all God been saying for the last... He been shouting that out through me through the broadcast for the last year and a half. It's time for the families to come back together. It's time for the church to wake up. And Jesus said, when you hear this, the end is still not to come. So all this is a trial run. How are you maintaining through this trial run? Are you all up and at it? Worry, anxiety? Or are you preparing yourself? Ain't nothing wrong with preparing yourself. It's nothing wrong with you stocking up. You're supposed to already been stocked up. But it's good to always keep stock. Stock yourself up. Stock yourself up. Okay? Keep your supplies. You're always supposed to keep water supplies and, and extra condiments and food and canned goods. You're always supposed to have that because at a snap of the finger, you never know what happened. And guess what? Look what just popped up. This just came out of nowhere. All right, people? Signs of the end of age. Um, the disciples itself. Let me go to the next episode on this. All right. Okay, you guys. Um, so I'm going to read from um, uh, Matthew 24. Uh, when Jesus departed from the temple <laughs> uh, after he had declared, truly I declare to you that all these evil, calamitous times will come upon this generation. And the reference on that, I'm going to read out of Second Chronicles 36, 15, and 16, um, um, where uh, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them shall kill and crucify, and some of them um, shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barakas, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon these generations. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou 
that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till you say, till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now that was uh, Matthew 23, um, verse 34. Uh, to 39 and 33 he called on uh, the pharisees and the sadducees vipers ye wicked generation vipers generation of vipers how can you escape from damnations of hell now with that said he went on down to verse 24 now also know that uh, i'm not going to get into this bible debate and Uh, genealogical stuff but uh, it's a period of time spaced when the scriptures are written okay so Matthew Mark Luke and John is the first it's the first gospels of the of uh, the New Testament but the New Testament church really didn't begin until the book of Acts when the power of the Holy Ghost came in. All right? And so, these are readings from the perspective of different individuals that have walked the path and was with Jesus, observed Jesus, saw the things that was done throughout the society when Jesus was in their midst. So you gotta you gotta start focusing on the different eras, and that's how I I guess I strive to look at different situations in a more vintage point that you guys always hear me speak of. I look at the whole perspective, and by me looking at the whole perspective and being transparent with it, I'm I'm foots on the ground. I'm the foot soldier on the ground. And I, yes, I've been tested and tried and still being tested. And the Lord just reminded me the other day, he said, you said that I can use your life. You said that you will be transparent with the people. You said that I have full um, a green light to do whatever I need to do through you to be an example to the people. And you know what you guys, the only thing I can do is say, ouch. Cause see, in my own mind, I have my own way of being transparent. But God said, no, we are gonna go a little deeper than that. He said, cause I need you to start experiencing some things that you are gonna come in contact with some people and I want you to have the anointing and the power to be able to stop it. Why? Because the anointing will be with you. The Holy Ghost and my power will be with you. And because you do know what you're talking about, because you experienced it, it could be stopped and blocked. And not so much always stopped and blocked because it depends on that individual with, with the mercy of God, right? But at least... 
you will give them that hope. Right? You'll give them that hope and that assurance that in the midst of the fire, they will not be burned. In the midst of the fire, God will be there with you. Even, and I'm going to keep it, even when they put the stuff on the door. I made my part. I said what I have to say. And I said, okay, this is over with. I'm done with it. And then it shows you how people just jump in there and want to just make their little comment. You don't even know what's going on. Because I'm at a whole nother level than where you at. You at your level, I'm at my level. Now, Jesus said when this happened, signs in the end of this age. He said, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. All this is in the red, Jesus speaking. But I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Jesus departed from the temple in the area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings of the temple and point them out to him. But he answered them, Do you see all these? Truly I tell you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. While he was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Well, tell us, when will this take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the completion and consummation of this age? Jesus answered them, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. That's one thing right now I can say even with this coronavirus. Don't be deceived, you guys. Pay attention, right? See God on it. We in it. But don't be so um, clueless that you feel that, oh, you supersonic. He said, though you may... Um, take up snakes and drink daily poison, nothing by any means shall harm you. Meaning, if you're not aware of something and someone try to poison you, uh, uh, you'll feel the effects, but it won't It won't hurt you. Well, just like with this virus, you don't know who come in contact with who. You don't know, so you protect it. But just don't go if you know somebody with the virus and you say, oh, call for me. Let me take your drippings and Drink, drink out this water, I'm going to drink behind you. You know, sneeze on me, and I'm going to prove that I got God with me. Well, no, only thing you got was the coronavirus. <laughs> and pray it on, it's not the cold COVID-19. Because you know there's two strands. Right? The coronavirus is the flu-like symptoms. But when you get that COVID-19... That's the one that's taking people down to the point to their deathbed. So it's nothing to joke about with, y'all. It's nothing to play with. But it's still nothing to have fear of. But just know. Know the difference. That's all I'm saying, you guys. Just know the difference, all right? And don't be so clueless with it. You know? Don't be so spiritual you know early good. All right? 
You still have to protect yourself, protect your family, be wise. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. I can't wait to Jackson here and say, okay, we're going to shut our establishments down, but we only have a few weeks left. And the... Um, uh, they extended the time, so really, I feel like, like in Walmart and stuff like that, they should just close us down. Let us go in the storefront. That's how I feel, because people passing back and forth. Like yesterday, I had this man. Oh, he looked at. I don't know. He didn't look right to me, and he was coughing and sneezing. I had my gloves on. I backed up, and I asked. I said, "Are you all right? Where you been?" I asked him. I said, "Where have you been?" You know, he said he just came from work. He don't feel good. He going home. He just want to get his taxes done. I said, okay, so guess what? I took precautions, you guys. I made sure the desk was clean. I wiped. I had my gloves on. You know, we did the paperwork or whatever. I made sure that I fought myself not to touch my face because that's a habit we do. We always touching our face. And you can have that on your hands, touch your face. And as soon as you touch your face... It's, you got it because your cells going to consume it that fast. The virus is a micro uh, bacteria that you can't see. It's a, it's a live organism. And they're going to your pores. All right? So don't, don't, don't let... And then now I'm seeing where they're trying to put certain stuff on TV to get people off their mind or whatever. Because really, they don't know what to do, and they really don't know how to handle it. It's, it's just the honest truth. And and they um oh, I was just seeing something on on the TV. Um, they're really being proactive because they're trying to really make sure they know what they're doing. And I believe no one should really be fussing and complaining. Really, it's about protecting yourself from others. Because just because you are making sure that you clean, okay, and you are hand sanitizing and washing your hands and covering up, it don't mean that others are not doing the same thing. Right now, for now, Jesus saying, For many will come in my name, appropriating the name which belongs to me, saying that I am the Christ, I am the Messiah. Listen to me, don't be led astray. He said, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you're not frightening or, frightening or troubled. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For the nations will rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be famines and earthquakes and place after place. All this is but the beginning of early pains of the birth of the intolerable anguish. So this is the beginning of the end days. Come on. He said early pains. So early pains, I feel what I'm getting in my spirit that is pertaining to childbirth. 
when it's time for the child to come forth, you're going to start having these contractions. And it's painful, but it's in spurts. Nah. Watch how things been happening in the world. Right now, this is a big shakeup. And I believe that Father God is allowing this big shakeup to wake up the whole world. Okay, are you guys going to still act the way you're acting? Because I'm coming back and I'm really trying to get you guys not just to pray away the coronavirus, but I need you to pray to allow my son into your heart. Except Jesus Christ is Lord, Yahshua. He is the Messiah. I don't care what else you've been told, but he is the only way, the truth, and the light. And no one can get back to the Father but through him, Yahshua HaMashiach. I don't care what crystals you have, what what Buddhas you buying down to, what, what, what spirituality you taking, what road that you think might be the road to God, if you're not... On the road, the highway to Jesus Christ, you're on the wrong highway. And this is an opportunity for the harvest, for the laborers to go into the harvest. Like I was in Walmart yesterday, I said, everybody in line, do y'all know Jesus Christ? They was looking at me. This is the time to get to know Jesus Christ as Lord. Bible should be running off the shelf, not toilet paper. All right, mass evangelistic time should be hitting the streets now. I say, Father God, you know if I had my vehicle, Jesus. I need my tracks. I'm gonna print out some stuff now, so when I'm on the bus now, I'm gonna evangelize like never before. Do you know Jesus Christ is Lord? This is the best time for you to learn. Yeah, pray this prayer with you right quick. You go pamper, you can read every day. Get your heart right with God. Plant that seed of righteousness in people's hearts to give them an opportunity to get their life right at this present moment. Because the spirit of fear is from the enemy. Alright? Fear is of the enemy. So fear is going rapid. That's that's the work of the enemy. The, the coronavirus and all this, the shakeup, got backed up to allow you to let you know that, hey, you are not in control of your life like you think you is. You're not controlling this world. I am in control. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof, and all them that dwell in it, the president, the senator, the hospitals, the people, everybody. He created all of us, and it's time for mankind to get back to the basics. And Jesus said, this is the early pains of birth. He said, then they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and repel and will begin this distrust and desert him whom they bought ought to trust and obey, and will stumble and fall away, and betray one another, and pursue one another with hatred. And even in the midst of all this that's going on, people still have hate in their heart. Still, no compassion. 
Still trying to run business as usual. Still don't have no kind of mercy. In the midst of all of this, still. Man just want to do what they want to do. And yes, many false prophets going to rise up and deceive and lead many into error. Many scammers, I say scammers of false prophets, religious leaders and rhetorics going to start popping up, right? But he who endures to the end will be saved. The love of great, the in the love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity that's in people's hearts. And the good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then will come the end. Uh oh. And then will come the end. When we can spread the good news of the kingdom through all the nations, then and only then the end will come. So this is an opportunity right now, even through the boom factor, to decree and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Those that are listening to the program, I always give you opportunity to let you know Jesus is Lord. You need God in your life. Put him first. Trust in him. Come back. Pray. Look, Jesus also telling you, check this out. Check this out, y'all. Go down. Go down to verse. Let's see. Let's go down to uh, verse 18. It says, And let him who is in a field not turn back to get his overcoat. And at last for the woman who are pregnant and for those who have nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation, affliction, distress, and oppression such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be again. Now, they just seized all the flights. What it is? It's winter time. Or on the Saturday, on the Sabbath. That's that's on the Sabbath day. He said, "Pray that your flights don't be on these days." Why? Because of great tribulation. So is God telling us? I'm I'm forewarning you guys. I'm like giving y'all a trial run of what it's gonna be like. See, let's think about the whole perspective, you guys. In those days, will be shortened. No human beings will endure and survive. But for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones in those days will be shortened. If anyone says to you, then behold, here is the Christ, the Messiah. There he is. Do not believe it. This is when the false, the false Christ and false prophets will arise. 
and it will show great signs and wonders, so as to deceive and lead people astray, if possible, even and let God's chosen ones will be a, be uh, astray. See, I have warned you beforehand. He's showing, he's telling you, I'm telling you now what to look for. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, let's go out there. If he tell you, or he in a secret place or in the inner rooms, do not believe, believe it. For just as the lightning flashes from the east and shine, and it is seen as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man will be. Wherever there is a fallen body, a corpse, there the vultures, the eagles will flock together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will shed light. its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Well, the clouds and the, and the, and the moon should shed no light. I believe that's the different times we'll be having the eclipse. All right. So, um, I don't want to make that sound like a jumbo mix. But, if you really, um, a, a, a study of the word, the times of the word, know that no man knows the hour or the time that Jesus will be coming back, but he did give us signs. And he said, as the days of Noah, so shall it be the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. God told Noah to build a boat. For what? It's going to flood. What is a flood? Oh, lots of water. They never experienced water coming from the sky. They always got their water from the ground. Now God is still saying, the Son of Man is coming. How? He said, when the trumpet sound, he's going to break from through the, the sky. So we look up. We have never experienced or know how all of this is going to come and play. We're in a whole other generation from the Bible. Remember, you guys, the Bible didn't have internet. They had messengers. So, yeah, we're going to get a lot of information through the internet. A lot of things are going to be conspired. All of this is creating a whole nother agenda that they're setting up. Yeah, they're going to use this coronavirus pandemic as an open door to start implementing the one world order. One world communication. They have the stuff in place, you guys. They have our phones, passports, even the new passports even have the chips. Look how they can just shut stuff down. There's no possible way that you can say, oh, they can't do that what it just did. And 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 if they shut down the NBA and the 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 games in the these big economic influx of money that's coming in that they utilize every year. They know something more than what we know. And don't be so quick. Don't be so quick. Well, why are they doing all that? It ain't that bad. They're saying it's not going to be that bad. It's not because of you. It's because of other folks 
I wash people in their nasty and their dirty and their hygiene is awful. They're still sneezing in their hands, they're still coughing in their hands, and they're touching the object. So yeah, they have to wipe down stuff. They have to limit the folks. And every time someone pass, you gotta clean. Okay, you guys. So just be careful out there. I just wanted to share that. Um, I'll probably go live later on. I don't know. I may not. Um, but this is in my spirit. Like I said, I got to get some other work done. This is my only time to get this off my chest so I can go into the next thing that I have to do. I to get some work done that I can do here right in my home. And um, just be on. He said fight. Watch, fight, and pray, and that's what we need to do, okay? So God bless you. I love everyone that support the Boom Factor show. We do receive sponsorship. We, we, we do have a link. If you listen to, to the Boom Factor on Spotify, on Apple Tunes, all the other uh, plat- electronic platforms out there in the world, we are receiving uh, contributions to maintain the show. Uh, I also look... I was listening where they even expanded. Um, this is an opportunity for this 5G to come out. Um, I can hit on a lot of points on what I'm seeing, how all of this is still with political um, political advancement, money advancement for top companies to really benefit from all of this. And so, with that said, we can't really just keep dwelling on that, but, but I want you to be aware of it. And don't worry, he's going to take care of you. If you are one of the chosen ones, you have to make sure and maintain your ear to the Word of God. Okay, maintain your relationship with the Word of God. Don't get caught up to the religious. Don't try to be a super Christian, all right, because... They will be shutting down the airports because all of the outbreaks that are popping up, they're going to have to shut it down. The main thing is to minimize, minimize the activity of this virus. If y'all watch any of these movies, y'all know me. I'm in my movies, y'all, and I be watching these movies, man. This stuff can pass. You don't even know, like, you leave, look, all the homeless people, when you watch um, Pandemic, that movie, one cab driver um, got it from a, the passenger who snuck off the plane that was supposed to go in quarantine. And he wanted to be big stuff. And he spread it as all over in Los Angeles to people in a party. He coughing and touching people and they hugging him. That's just, just nasty. And all those people got infected because he wanted to be his ego he wanted to try to make this sale, and the person that he even sold the boat to, they wound up being infected, and they wound up having the the disease and died in the boat that they just bought. But because he wanted to be Mr. Big Stuff. So it's not so much as, you know, that it's going to pass. You don't know who have it. You don't know who you touching or what you have touched. You see what I'm saying? So let's not be so cocky and clueless, all right? Don't be so cocky and clueless with this thing. 
Jesus just said, hey, this is just the early pain. This is just the beginning. I got more stuff to shake up. And if this is just the beginning, oh my gosh. So yeah, it was, but people shouldn't have panicked. But yeah, I'm glad now everybody's stocked up with your toilet paper, paper towels, and everything. But I pray you got some canned goods. I got me some canned goods, some Vienna sausage, some tuna, stuff that you know that you can ration. And, and you know what I'm saying? I even got some MR food up in there. I had ordered a packet of food to prepare for the hurricane. Because, see, I already do that for the hurricane. I stack up on my stuff. Just a habit. All right? So, God bless. Love you guys. Stay healthy. Stay protective. Wash your hands. Keep your gloves on. Make sure you don't walk in nobody coughing, sneezing, and stuff like that. Walk back. I'll be like, whoa. I had a friend that came in, and um, they were talking about that. Just came off a cruise or whatever. I was like, what cruise? What's the name of that boat? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she was like, no, it wasn't that. I was like, what? But she had a mask on. She had her gloves on. She said, girl, I'm just coming to get some stuff. And I'm going to go in my house. They had us... They um, checked us for temperatures, and if your temperature was all right, they let you go. I said, oh, okay, all right. But I stayed back. She stayed, excuse me, she stayed back and I stayed back because really, like she said, she didn't really know. But even with that situation, she may have contracted it and don't even know it, and she walking around in the stores. See, that's how it happens, y'all. All right, I'm out. Much love, uh, I'll holler, and be blessed, and I will chime with y'all later. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Todd acknowledges this can be a nerve wracking situation. It's just, you know, the unknown right now. You know, I, I, we won't know anything until we get a test back. And, you know, until then, you can't speculate on, on anything that can or may happen. You know, just wait for the test to come back and then, you know, take the precautions that, you know, that are, that are required at that point. But you know, there's obviously some level of concern. But right now, until we get the test back, you know, we're just kind of all in wait and see mode. Talk to them all by phone, um, which is the only, you know, we can't have any contact. You know, basically, we've told them wherever they're at right now to stay put and just, you know, we'll be in constant communication with them. <coughs> says no one else within the baseball program has developed symptoms of the virus. Winning says UH led by President Dr. Renu Couture and VP Athletics Chris Pesman have done a great job of staying out front on this and keeping everyone informed. Mark Berman, Fox 26 Sports. And Fox's Mark Meredith takes a look now at how the federal government is responding to the coronavirus outbreak. The Trump administration says it's constantly adapting its response to the coronavirus outbreak. You don't have to buy so much. Take it easy. Just relax. President Trump is urging Americans to stop hoarding food and supplies. On Sunday, the president spoke by phone with executives from major retailers like Walmart, Kroger, and Whole Foods. The president says he has been assured stores will remain open. And in a surprise move, the Federal Reserve took emergency action Sunday, slashing interest rates to near zero to try to offset the impact of the pandemic. They've lowered the Fed rate. 
from what it was, which was 1 to 1.25, and it's been lowered down to 0 to 0 0.25. The rate is expected to stay in place until the central bank feels confident the economy has overcome the outbreak. Meantime, Vice President Mike Pence says more Americans will soon be able to be tested for COVID-19. Testing is now available in all 50 states. Officials say they expect some 2,000 labs to help process tests, and priorities should be given to those 65 and older with pre-existing conditions. However, leading health experts, Dr. Anthony Fauci among them, say more aggressive measures may be needed to slow the spread. To protect the American people, we'll consider anything and everything on the table. Meanwhile, the leading Democratic presidential hopefuls squaring off Sunday night placed six feet apart to practice social separation as they debate issues surrounding the coronavirus. I want every person in this country to understand that when you get sick, you go to the doctor. When you get sick, if you have the virus, that will be paid for. Do not worry about the cost right now because we're in the middle of a national emergency. I would make sure that every state in the union had at least 10 places where they had drive-through testing arrangements. I would also, at this point, deal with the need to begin to plan for the need for additional hospital beds. We have that capacity in the Department of Defense as well as, in the, uh, as, well as with the uh, uh, FEMA. The president and vice president are expected to speak with all of the nation's governors on Monday to discuss containment measures for the virus. At the White House, Mark Meredith, Fox News. We are constantly updating information about COVID-19 on our website, fox26houston.com. There you will find an interactive map with the latest numbers of cases around the world. You can also check out all of the stories that we have shared related to the outbreak. Another great way to keep track of our COVID-19 coverage is to download the Fox 26 News app. You will find it on the Apple and Android app stores for free. Fox 26 is your Gulf Coast Weather Authority. We are about uh, to start a new work week. It'll look a little different for a lot of people, but meteorologist John Dawson has first look. Yeah, totally. I know some of us are going to be working at home, but definitely take a minute to get outside, stretch those legs, move around a little bit. That is totally allowed as long as you're giving everybody some space. Quiet right now on the Fox Red Storm Seeker radar. Mild temperatures. We do have a dense fog advisory for the city of Galveston up in the, as well, or the Galveston Island as well as uh, Bolivar Peninsula. That's going to run until midnight. Don't be surprised if that might be extended or even some other of us beginning to see some fog around sunrise because we're definitely going to see some areas of fog around for the morning. Definitely going to stick with the spring-like pattern that we've got for a little bit longer. There are some showers to talk about in the seven-day forecast as well as one more cold front. We'll do all that coming up in just a few minutes. JD, thank you. California is taking drastic measures to stop the spread of COVID-19. The businesses the state's governor wants closed immediately. Plus the coronavirus outbreak leading to some strange behavior. What one man allegedly did to Walmart shoppers in Las Vegas. Follow Fox 26 Houston on Twitter today. People just going crazy, y'all. That's all I can say. Speaking at a news conference in Albany, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo described the pandemic as fighting a war that could have major consequences. We are looking at a new war that no one has seen before. This is a case of first impression for this nation. We have never fought a virus 
like this with this potential consequence. Governor Cuomo also announced schools in New York City will close until April 20th. Ooh, wow. Shutting down the nation's largest public school system. Dang. California Governor Gavin Newsom is calling for all bars, wineries, nightclubs, and breweries to close in his state. He is also telling anyone 65 years and older to isolate themselves inside their homes. The state will also reduce the number of people allowed in restaurants by half to keep people farther away from each other. Ohio and Illinois are also doing the same thing. Following in his teammates' footsteps, Astros pitcher Lance McCullers Jr. announced today he and his wife Kara are donating 10,000 meals to the Houston Food Bank to help families in need. And Fox 26 has confirmed Houston Texans star J.J. Watt and his wife, former Dash star Kalia Ojai, are donating $350,000 to the food bank, which should provide more than a million meals to those in need. We'll have more on that coming up in sports. Check so I know. After the break, a look at how the ongoing coronavirus outbreak changed Sunday services in Houston. Three parks, one spring break pass, just sixty nine ninety nine. advertise a uh, amusement park pass when they're trying to shut stuff down. <laughs> Boy, these commercials crazy. I'm trying to watch for these commercials because this is is this. Well, we see a baseball team got infected in Houston. That's what I'm trying to catch. Still trying to make money. Things are going to get worse before they get better, but the kinds of things we're doing now will hopefully mitigate that. Dr. Anthony Fauci is the National Institute Dr. Fauci of Dane, listening to you. Director. He appeared on Fox News Sunday this morning as the coronavirus continues to spread. He says with stringent mitigation and containment, the United States will be able to prevent itself from getting to where Italy is now, which is a complete lockdown for the entire country. Meantime, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin was also on Fox News Sunday talking about the implications the coronavirus has for the economy. 
if the medical professionals are correct and we're doing all the things, uh, I expect we'll have a big rebound uh, later in the year. So th this isn't like the financial crisis, as I've said. Th this will have an end to it as we confront This man the was so nervous, y'all. Congress say the likelihood and severity of a recession depends on the government's ability to ensure workers and businesses can outlast quarantines and lockdowns while effectively testing, tracking, and preventing the virus from spreading. President Trump declared today a national day of prayer and joined others across the nation in watching services online. But as Fox 26 reporter Chelsea Edwards shows us, some Houstonians still chose to go to church. It's an unusual picture of Lakewood Church on Sunday morning. No lines, no traffic. Only volunteers telling visitors they can stream service online. There have been much worse uh, situations and they didn't cancel things like this. The cancellation is leaving these out-of-towners disappointed after Harris County urged to postponing any gatherings of more than 250 people. But smaller congregations are still getting together. The mayor attending the 155th anniversary of Pilgrim Rest Missionary Baptist Church. There are fewer in the pews, and in between worshipers, plenty of room for the Lord. For the time being, we're not shaking hands. We are trying to be as safe as we possibly can be. Although many churches are offering services online, that hasn't stopped many from coming to pray in person. So are they choosing faith over fact, or can they go hand in hand? At the Catholic Charismatic Center, parking was harder to find. Members say it was their typical crowd. It feels good to have service today and keep doing our daily routine because we don't have no fear of what's, what's, coming, what's, what's here now. In response to COVID-19, Catholic churches are now giving exemptions from attending Sunday Mass, while communion and other practices continue. Our priest has given us the necessary warnings, and those of us who do not want to hold hands or shake hands, we do not have to do that. Many say they won't stop coming to church and are leaning on each other more, seeking a sense of closeness during a time of social distancing, even against recommendations. Chelsea Edwards, Fox 26 News. United Airlines is cutting about 50% of its capacity for April and I bet you they start turning to zombies, they won't be in there. Officials with the airlines <laughs> expect the cuts to extend and into the stop you being bad. <laughs> Walmart has become the latest retailer to change its hours because of COVID-19. 24-hour stores will now open at 6 a.m. and close at 11 p.m. Yeah, they should. Locations that are not 24-hour stores will likely keep the same hours. The move is an attempt to, quote, ensure associates are able to stock products and clean and sanitize the facilities. Scary moments for folks shopping at a Las Vegas Walmart today. Quite an emergency response. Police say a guy was spraying shoppers with a clear liquid while he walked around wearing a hazmat suit. 13 people were sprayed, none of them currently showing any signs or symptoms of anything wrong. No one had to go to a hospital. Some shoppers certainly scared by it. They did not want their faces shown on camera. They had their clear bottle of clear liquid in it with the painter's tape, something written on it. He was just spraying unnecessary things in people's personal spaces, on conveyor belts, and worst of all, by the fresh foods. Someone was able to follow the guy out of the store and get his license plate number, which police used to track him down. They have not said what charges he might face. Customs officials at LAX seized a stash of fake coronavirus test kits. 
They found the bags Thursday. They were filled with a white liquid labeled COVID-19 test kits. It's believed the fakes came from China before the government there was able to shut such operations oh. down. Starbucks is taking precautionary measures to mitigate the spread of the virus and the pandemic. The coffee chain announced today it is implementing a to-go model to ensure social distancing in its stores across the U.S. and Canada. Seating will not be allowed inside stores for the next two weeks' time. Starbucks is also shutting down some stores in high social gathering locations like inside malls and university campuses. In some other news now, Americans are greedy getting rather some new privacy protections that thanks to new legislation getting bipartisan support. Fox's Garrett Tenney explains how the measure also helps law enforcement. Law enforcement officials say the tools that expire today are a vital part of the effort to keep America safe. The House passed legislation Wednesday with broad bipartisan support to reauthorize the three expiring provisions of the USA Freedom Act, including one known as the Roving Wiretap, which lets the FBI surveil subjects in national security investigations even after they've changed phones. Supporters of the bill argue it's dangerous to let these tools expire, even if it's just for a few days. But critics of the foreign intelligence surveillance courts, such as GOP Congressman Andy Biggs, say the FBI has plenty of tools to keep us safe. What will slow down is they will have to actually go to an Article Three court and show probable cause if they want to spy, surveil, subpoena, get documents on an American citizen. Importantly, the House bill also reforms the FISA court process, which investigators determined was abused during the Trump-Russia probe, when the FBI obtained warrants to surveil Trump campaign associate Carter Page. The legislation enhances congressional oversight of the FISA process, creates penalties for those who abuse FISA warrants for political purposes, and requires transcripts of all court proceedings. This morning, GOP Congressman Devin Nunes, who's been one of the lead critics of how the FISA courts were abused, said this bill isn't perfect, but it does a lot to fix the current system. The Democrats are not going to vote to abolish the FISA court system. So we got as much as we possibly could in terms of ensuring that the people, if they do this again, they'll be held accountable. The Senate is scheduled to take up the House bill this week, and while publicly President Trump has cast some doubt on whether he'll sign it, GOP leaders say the president has told them in private he's on board. In Washington, I'm Garrett Tenney, Fox News. An argument outside an humble area high school turns deadly. Details after the break. Visit the Fox 26 Houston Facebook page. Well, you heard that. You know they're gonna, they're gonna do what they can while they're in that Senate room trying to pass these bills. They're gonna add something else. Let me see what Eleven talking about. Oh. See, and that's still on. Okay, so let's go back. The 26th? What time it is?
And then that tea works fast, man. I feel my stomach whirling. All this stuff shut down, and <laughs> it's for to have a containment y'all in the advertisement amusement parks here in Texas. Oh Lord! That's what I want right there. Vehicles at Sewell Cadillac or SewellCadillac.com. Ooh, that hot dog look good. Yum. Chili. Chili, chili. Chili dog, yum. Pour bell chili. Pour on. Up to the minute COVID-19 updates from drinking developers cancellations and closures as this major health story continues to unfold. Count on your information station to keep you safe and informed. Fox 26, your station for health. Got hail damage? Call me at 8337-RIGHTS. That's 8337-RIGHTS. On to some other local headlines now. A teen was shot and killed outside the Noble Area High School. Happened this morning just before 11. What? Investigators say there was a group of young people playing on the football field outside of Tascacita High School. There was a fight. Someone grabbed a gun. One of the teens was shot. He was taken to a hospital in critical condition where he later died. The investigation is ongoing. Houston police are looking for a killer after a man was shot to death at a party overnight. Detectives say the man got into an argument with someone in the backyard of the home on the 11,000 block of Cold Spring Drive. That's in West Houston. Responding paramedics performed CPR on the man, but he died at the scene. No one is in custody at the time. Senator Bernie Sanders and former Vice President Joe Biden face off in the last debate before the next round of primaries on Tuesday. I'm Alan Vera with that story coming up. Nothing says spring like a brand new family. Get big savings on all of our new family members at the Hyundai Spring Sales Event going on now. Get up to twelve fifty in total savings or zero percent APR plus five hundred dollars on a new Santa Fe. Visit buyhyundai.com today. Sweetheart, do my forearms look bigger? They look the same. I've been spinning faster recently. I think they're getting bigger. Feel them. Yeah, they kind of feel bigger. Yeah, cool. Switch to Progressive and you can save hundreds. You know, like the sign says. Welcome. 
to Louisiana's largest casino resort. It's the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with off-track betting, bingo, award-winning dining, luxurious hotels, top entertainment, and the highest-rated casino golf course in Louisiana. It's Louisiana's largest casino resort and Louisiana's best bet. I catch killers for a living. My father is one of the most notorious serial killers ever. But it's jarring to hear the president or anybody say it's not about politics. This is going to be a couple of weeks and then we'll see maybe July and then hear about a plan for 18 months. What can you tell the American people? Well, all of that is not incompatible with with each of the things that were said. As I've told you before, Chris, when you have an outbreak like this, if you look historically and what has happened more recently in China and in South Korea, and now what's going on in a very uh, dramatic way in Europe, you have the, the, ep the outbreak goes like this, and then it spares up like this, and then after a while it goes down. If it's left to its own devices, you'll get the maximum peak, a lot of suffering, a lot of illness, a lot of death. What our responsibility is and what we are doing very, very vigorously right now is to put into play the kinds of things that would blunt that curve. I've said that many, many times. Right. But when you blunt the curve by modifying society, particularly with the rather dramatic physical separations, which people call social distancing, you can blunt it, but it is unlikely that you're going to make it completely disappear. If we're lucky, it will happen. But what more likely would happen is that we do this, go down, and if it's still around, we'd have to deal with it next season. That's the challenging issue. The good news about that, that will give us time to test and prove whether drugs are safe and effective. And as I've told you many times, the vaccine, whose trial we started just a couple of days ago, in a year to a year and a half, we should know whether we're ready to go. And that's not the only candidate. Right. So it is not untrue that in 18 months or next season, we may see another flare, but we'd be much better prepared than we are right now. Right, and there are a lot of variables at play. I get it. I just wanted to hear it from you because, you know, hearing it from politicians is one thing. Uh, hearing it from you is something else. I'll hear you. I'll let the audience decide. Uh, quickly, is it true... Uh, that you guys are starting to get a better feel for some drugs that you think may be able to help treat some of the worst cases? Yeah, yes. The answer to that is yes when you say a better feel, but no definitive proof yet, uh, Chris, and that's important. 
There are anecdotal reports that there are a number of drugs that are already out there that we're repurposing. Drugs that have been used for other diseases. Can you fast track the FDA? Anecdotally reported. Oh, yes. I mean, the FDA is totally on board with this now. I was on the phone like a half an hour ago. So if you've got a good good basis to try it, you'll be able to try it. Because I had been hearing there were going to be snags and they were afraid of what drugs you expose people to. But I mean, if they're in a life or death situation, it's like you might as well throw everything at it. Yeah, but Chris, if you do it in a protocol, you can, you know, there's a balance between just throwing the drug out there, which is not a good idea. But you don't want to make it unavailable to people. So what you do is you do a bit of a compromise. You do it under the auspices of a protocol so that you could make it very heavily available. But at the same time, you're learning something. You're learning how safe it is and does it really work. We need to do both. We need to make it available at the same time as we learn whether or not it really works and whether it's safe. Now, young people. Uh, they've been nonchalant about some of this. Some of them. Some of them. Let's not generalize. But uh, young people uh, have been given the impression that if I get this, I'm going to be okay. Uh, so some of the social isolation seems a little overblown for them. Let's leave it for the old folks. Now we're hearing about cases of young people getting hit hard abroad and here at home, being in extreme distress with cases. What changed? Well, nothing has changed except we learn more and more. Again, remember, Chris, a couple of times ago when I was on your show, I told you this is a work in motion. It's evolving. Every day we learn more and more. And when you see reports from other countries, and now even in our own country, you realize there are things you didn't fully appreciate. But getting back to young people, there are two reasons why young people need to take this very seriously. One you yourself can be in harm's way. I mean, obviously, most of the difficulties are in people who are older and or who have underlying conditions. And many of the young people who have actually gotten into trouble did have underlying conditions. But you're not out of danger. But even as important is that you have a responsibility, a societal responsibility to protect the vulnerable. And you do that, interestingly, by not letting yourself get infected, because you need to make sure that you don't inadvertently pass on the infection to someone who would not fare as well as you fare because you're young and healthy. So there's a two pillars to that, yourself and your responsibility to society. A couple of more quick things, and then I'll let you go. I know how busy you are. First, this new understanding of how long it lives on surfaces. Uh, do you have a new understanding, and does it inform on what we need to do? Yes, I mean, a study from my own group at, the, at, at my institute was done to show that if you do different surfaces and you look at the titer or the level of virus that's viable, that's culturable, that's dangerous, over a period of time, depending on the surface, it can be anywhere from a few hours to, in some places, even a day or so. Now, that day or so may actually be so low it's not going to hurt you, but you don't want to take any chances which is the reason why you want to make sure that you do clean off surfaces that are commonly used. But more important than all of that, I've said it many times, Chris, make sure you wash your hands as often as you possibly can. Uh, Absolutely. We got it. Happy birthday two times in a row. Soap and water, dry them off. I got it. Now, something I keep hearing from people that I wanted you to address um, directly, Tony, uh, Dr. Fauci, is, um, you know, swine flu, 
61 million Americans were affected. 12,000 people died. We didn't do all this crazy stuff with the economy. Well, why? Why, why are we doing it all now when we didn't do it then? What's your answer? Uh, Chris, this is different. This is totally different. The swine flu of 2009, the H1N1, was truly a pandemic. It spread widely. However, its lethality, its, its, its capability of causing really bad harm with morbidity and mortality was much, much less than what we have seen in China, of what we've seen in South Korea, what's going on in Europe, and what we're starting to see now in our own country. So there are worlds of difference between those two. Dr. Tony Fauci, I know how uh, you know busy you are. I can't tell you, I know you're in the bubble, but I can't tell you how many Americans are looking up to the information you're giving them, the consistency you're providing, and it means everything to us on this show. Thank you, sir. coronavirus pandemic. I am officially declaring a national emergency. President Trump's announcement coming as cases sold. We feel that we could have up to 100,000 people right now who are carrying around the coronavirus. This is going to be everywhere. And experts warn we're not ready for the millions who may become infected. The system is not really geared to what we need right now. It is a failure. Let's admit it. The president testing negative for the virus, hopeful the crisis will quickly pass. Some of the doctors say it will wash through, it will flow through. My guest this morning, Dr. Anthony Fauci, head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. Where there appears to have been some containment. Why do health experts seem so much more alarmed than the federal government does? When will we have enough test kits to know how widespread the virus is? Will the healthcare system be able to handle the coming surge in cases? And ultimately, are we doing enough right now to stop the epidemic? We do know this. Life in America is changing, at least for the time being. And sadly, things are likely to get worse before they get better. We're moving into uncharted territory. Millions of students will now have to stay home. The financial markets in free fall. A nation on edge as efforts to contain a global pandemic grind public life to a halt. Nervous, scared, confused, uh, not really sure what's going on. Governors in 19 states and Washington, D.C. have closed schools. The National Guard is now active in a growing number of states. Businesses are shuttering. Last night, airports from Chicago to Dallas to New York jammed with Americans trying to come home. I have just enacted an executive order to activate the National Guard. A state disaster for all counties in the state of Texas. We will close all K-12 schools. On Friday, the president declared a national emergency. A national emergency. Two very big words. The action I am taking will open up access to up to $50 billion. And the House passed an emergency relief package. The legislation includes two weeks of paid sick leave, and up to three months of paid family and medical leave for many Americans, as well as food aid, enhanced unemployment benefits, and free testing regardless of insurance coverage. The three most important parts of this bill are testing, testing, testing. Still, despite weeks of promises on testing. On the subject of testing, we've been making steady 
progress. The production and shipping of tests that we've talked about all week is completely on schedule. Anybody that needs a test gets a test. The Atlantic's COVID tracking project reports that fewer than 25,000 tests have been conducted nationwide. NBC has confirmed about 3,000 reported cases, but testing data is very difficult to collect. People should not say if you want a test, you go get a test right now. We have a serious deficiency in being prepared for testing. Do you take responsibility for that? Yeah, no, I don't take responsibility at all. Because of the limits on testing, the actual number of cases is likely much higher. Even though we've only had five confirmed uh, cases, uh, we feel that we could have up to 100,000 people in Ohio right now who are carrying around the coronavirus. And joining me now is a very familiar face these days in this crisis. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Dr. Fauci, welcome back to Meet the Press. Good to be with you, Chuck. Uh, let me start with uh, the testing issue. And I, I started with there because I've, I've, I feel as if this is, we're on repeat. Right. Every week we're told, no, we're ramping up. And every week we don't ramp up. Yeah. Uh, that's the, why should we believe that this is the week that this is going to work? Yeah, Chuck, I think the re reason is because we've really made somewhat of a sea change here before. I mean, obviously, early on, we weren't in the situation where we could actually get the tests out on a broad way. And I mentioned on the show last week that we need to get the private sector involved. And just a couple of days ago, we had the CEOs there who are going to be now putting it on full overdrive. So I would expect that very soon, when I say soon, I'm talking about days to, days to a week, where yeah. you're going to start to see it go up like this. Not everybody tomorrow is going to be able to get a test, but pretty soon you're going to see a major escalation of capability and implementation. I, I just want to point out, and this is just one example, Steve Peoples, he's a, a reporter for the Associated Press, he shared his experience. I'm presenting mild symptoms, headache, mild fever, mild cough. I want to get tested in North Jersey. Primary care tells me to go to ER. ER tells me to call city health department. Health department tells me to go to urgent care. Urgent care tells me to go to ER. And everybody says no test. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to hear about that even a little bit. You're going to hear individual ones. But as a group, it's going to change, Chuck. It really is. Because once you get the heavy hitters from industry and private sector involved, they're going to be able to make it go. What's realistic about the spread of this virus right now? And we've had, you know, Governor Mike DeWine is going to be on the show later. He, he goes, well, yes, we only have 26 confirmed cases. But his scientific advisors assume there's 100. There might be 100,000 people with it in Ohio. Is that a fair estimation? It, it, it is. The nature of outbreaks are that you percolate a little bit along, and then you reach what we call an exponential fave. If you look at every curve, Chuck, it does this, and then it goes way up. What we and, and, and Italy is an example of individual country that did not implement the massive type of containment and, and mitigation, and it went way up. So they're here now. They're really struggling. Our goal right now is that if you do nothing, it's going to do this. We're going to get more cases no matter what. What we need to do with containment and mitigation is to blunt that curve because left to its own devices, yeah. it's going to do this. How do you know when this cur curve is blunt? And do you have any evidence that we're blunting? You know, right now, we, well, I'm sure that we are with what we're doing, but the numbers don't tell us that yet. So what's going to happen is that if it goes like this and continues and doesn't come down, if you have a mound, you've done something, but you don't know about it until after the fact. On any given day, mm -hmm. you can't say, oh, we've blunted the numbers, because the numbers are still going up no matter what you do. Right. It's how much up they go 
that is the issue. I guess the, the question <clears throat> is, are we are we taking these precautions that you and others have said seriously? I, I don't know if you've seen overnight these pictures at various airports as people scramble to come back from right. Europe. Stuck. They, I mean, look at these crowds in O'Hare. You had crowds in Dallas, uh, at Dulles. And these are people, because of this worry, they want to get back into right. the country from Europe. And they're being jammed together. Yeah. The, this is the federal government. You've, the, the governor of Illinois basically said, look, we can't do anything about this. This is the federal government. What went wrong here? No, I don't think anything went wrong. I think it's just the nature of the problem. When you have a situation where people are in different countries, that there are going to be restrictions. American citizens, their family, others, permanent residents can get back. They don't need to immediately get back because they think they're going to be left out. They well, not, but they well, came, but that's what they did. That's do. what they did, but they're not. They will be able to get back. When they do get back, they're going to have some enhanced screening. Depending on the country, if you're in the European group, if you're now with the UK and Ireland, what you're going to have is you're going to have two weeks of, of self-imposed isolation. Italy, uh, you can, you've brought up Italy a few times. Uh, I want to bring up a, a story here in the Boston Globe where one Italian journalist shared the following um, remark, and it just said, many of us were too selfish to follow suggestions to change our behavior. Now we're in lockdown, and people are needlessly dying. This is St. Patty's Day weekend. There's right. been plenty of bars and restaurants right. being crowded. Is this a mistake? Uh, yeah. France and France just shut it down. Yeah. Spain is shutting it down. I think Pennsylvania is thinking about doing right. this. Should the country shut down bars and restaurants? Well, you know, that's an individual question. What the country should do is absolutely and more so proportionately in those areas that have community spread. But as a country... Well, where, what areas don't have community spread right well, now, Dr. Well, you know, I mean, real obvious community spread. So the question is that you want to bring down and hunker down everywhere, even more so. I'm not saying the rest of the country is okay, don't worry about it. Everybody's got to get involved in distancing themselves socially. If you are in an area where there's clear community spread, you have to be much, much more intense about how you do that. That's where you get things like school closings. You don't want to school close every school in the country, but there are areas. Why, why don't you? And I ask yeah. this because it, it, is it? Do you worry that if some places do a lockdown, but some don't? I, I take, you know. I think Indiana is one of the, every state that touches Indiana has closed schools, but Indiana hasn't, for yeah. instance. So it, it is, are you risking something yeah. if not everybody is following the same guidelines? No, Chuck, you always want to be ahead of the curve. I mean, the, the, the golden rule that I say is that when you think you're doing too much, you're probably doing enough or not enough. Okay. All right, that's the thing you've got to do. You don't want to be complacent. You always want to be ahead of the curve. But it depends on how far ahead of the curve you want to be. Don't even for a second think that I'm saying we shouldn't. I like to be criticized when I say, oh, you're being too overreactive. That's good for me, okay. right? Let me ask it this way. We've had a healthcare official say this to us, that if, if we could guarantee that people would get their sick leave pay, guarantee that we could right. basically do what FEMA does in, right. a, in a natural disaster, give people cash for the basics for groceries, right. and would you prefer a 14-day just sort of national shutdown yeah. to slow this you down? You know, I would prefer as much as we possibly could. I think we should really be overly aggressive and get criticized for overreacting. Okay, have you made this Have you made this point of yes. view known inside the administration? Yes. Is it yes. getting pushback or are they no, slowly no, they, getting they, there? They, they, in fairness, they listen and they generally go with what we say. So are we, should we expect more closure? Should, should more Americans be prepared to be hunkering down at their house. I think 
Americans should be prepared that they're going to have to hunker down significantly more than we as a country are doing. That means no restaurants, no bars, things Again, like that. Chuck, or, when you say no, yeah, I, I hear you say no. You know, unlikely. It, I mean, yeah, much more so. I mean, obviously, you're going to have people who are going to go to restaurants anyway. But for the most part, and particularly, if I can say this, this is particularly appropriate and relevant for people at the higher risk, the elderly, and those who have underlying conditions. Right now, yeah. should really hunker down. The final thing I want to ask you about is our hospital preparedness. Um, uh, the ventilator situation and the respirator situation both seem to be potentially dire if this, if we don't flatten the curve. How concerned are you? Well, if you have a really massive increase in cases, there's no country or anybody in the world that's going to be perfectly prepared. Mm -hmm. But we have a stockpile. And we will hopefully be able to backfill and refill that stockpile. But I think people should remember, that's the reason why we want to blunt that curve. If you let the curve get up there, then the entire society is going to be hit. Should all elective surgery be postponed right now? You no, know, for the most part, elective surgery, keep people out of the hospitals except those who need to be in the hospitals. And if you think you have symptoms, don't go to a hospital, correct? Don't. Contact a physician, contact a health care provider, and get some instructions about how you can get tested. But stay home. All right. And final question is this. I want to show the picture of the briefing yesterday. Are you guys practicing enough social distancing? I, I, you know, at the time, the president was being tested. But I mean, you looked up here, and a lot of us were going, wait a minute. We've been told not to be in a crowd that small. Right. You know, a crowd that small, but sometimes there's business that you need to do. But I'm working on it, Chuck. I'm working on getting everybody to do this. I Elbows hope I'm out. successful. Elbows out, Dr. Right. Fauci. I know these have been um, some long nights, some long days. Um, thanks for coming on and giving us more information. Always good to be with you, Chuck. Right. In our new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll that is out this morning, we asked registered voters how much confidence they have in government leaders to handle the coronavirus outbreak. 75% say they have confidence in their state government. 72% said the same about their local government. 62% said the same about the federal government. And just 48% said they have that kind of confidence in President Trump individually. Governors, as the heads of state government, top that list. And we have two of them with us this morning. Republican Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio and Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois. Gentlemen, welcome to Meet the Press. As you both, I think, heard, I referred to both of you during that interview with, with uh, Dr. Fauci. Governor Pritzker, let me start with you with what happened overnight at O'Hare. And again, you weren't the only airport, but every major international airport uh, seemed to have a similar situation. Dr. Fauci seemed to say, look, that, that is what's going to happen when you come back into this country. What do you believe should have been done that wasn't done? Well, that's not right. I mean, I have enormous respect for Dr. Fauci, but that's just incorrect. We knew when the president gave the orders that uh, European travel back to the United States was going to be cut off, that there would be an influx of people, Americans and others, that would come uh, before the final cutoff. So what should have happened? They should have increased the Customs and Border Patrol uh, numbers, and they should have increased the number of CDC personnel on the ground doing those checks. They did neither of those. So last night, as people were flooding into O'Hare Airport, they were stuck in a small area, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people, and that's exactly what you don't want in this pandemic. So we had that problem, and then today, it's going to be even worse. There are a larger number of flights with more people coming, and they seem completely unprepared. You have not gotten any reassurance 
um, from uh, from uh, customs officials that they are going to have more folks on hand today? Well, here's what I got. I got a call at about 11 o'clock last night after that tweet from a White House staffer who yelled at me about the tweet. That is what I got. Now, we've been talking to Customs and Border Patrol officials directly on the ground at O'Hare. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been working with the mayor and our senators to make sure that we're getting the federal government to pay attention to this problem because we can't have it happen all day today. Governor DeWine, you've been among the more uh, uh, governors that have... I think following Dr. Fauci's advice, and, and frankly, I think your own health official who said in pandemics, um, it, it, people think you're overreacting at the start, and then after it's over, they think you've underreacted. Based on what you heard from Dr. Fauci, are you going to close bars and restaurants in the state of Ohio? Well, we're certainly looking at that. Uh, you know, we started off last week closing the schools. Uh, we reduced uh, the number of people gathered together to, to, to 100 um, you know, we've restricted access to our nursing homes, to our prisons. Um, so we're, we're taking tough steps. And, and, and Chuck, I think it's very instructive. I know people have talked about this before, but I just looked at a chart. You look at the pa pandemic of 1918, you compare the two cities of St. Louis and Philadelphia. Yeah. And it, you, saw, you saw Philadelphia didn't get it. But the thing that I noticed in the chart is Philadelphia was only two weeks behind St. Louis. And so wow. Philadelphia's, uh, when it's straight like this, St. Louis is more like that. And so what it tells